Welcome to the Defiant Business Podcast. A business podcast produced by Defy the Status Quo for forward-thinking businesses and savvy professionals looking to defy the status quo of mediocre customer experiences, barely surviving businesses, and haphazard business development. We'll explore best marketing and sales practices, improving business processes, attracting your ideal clients or customers, striking your perfect work-life balance, business basics, intentional inclusion in business, and so much more. Thank you for joining me today. Let's do this. All right. I am thrilled to introduce my next season five guest, Anna Reisdorf. She is a registered dietitian nutritionist and freelance writer with 12 years of experience, 12 years in the field of nutrition and dietetics. She is the founder of a content agency made up entirely of registered dietitians called Reisdorf Writing Services. She also teaches other RDs how to become freelance writers. Thank you, Anna, for joining me today. Thank you. Yeah, Anna and I go pretty far back now. We met in a Facebook group initially, and then we had the same business coach, and here we are. And she's over in Nashville, Tennessee, and you guys know I'm in Maryland, and it's just the power of these online connections, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so before we get into the talk about your business, I am curious, and it can be a personal thing or a business thing, but what is one thing about you that most people don't know that you wish they did? Hmm. Well, one thing about me that I really like is that I am an avid video game player. I carve out an hour a day for myself for my games, and that is between 4 and 5 p.m. when um, before the kids go home while dinner is cooking. Okay. That is one time where I play my video game, and the current one that I am obsessed with is called They Are Billions. It is a SimCity game where you um, prepare for a huge zombie horde to arrive. Oh so my. at the end of the game, you've built up your whole little city, mm-hmm. and then thousands of zombies come and attack your city. So that is my self-care for the day that I think a lot of people don't realize, maybe. <laughs> well, that's funny that you bring it up, video games, because my husband is a gamer, but I like to play VR games, so I just got a quest not too long ago. So I do events and stuff, but I like to play the VR games. My husband was like, ooh, the PS5 is coming out. And I'm like, well, unless you plan on getting me a headset for it. And he was like, why would I do that? I was like, I finally have games where I can take a controller and wave it around like a sword. I've been waiting for this my whole life. I was like, so I'm not interested in that PS5 unless you get me a headset. But that is pretty fun. We have a headset too. So yes. Yeah. It's fantastic. I I get, and that's part of my self care. I actually do VR exercise app. It's like really hard. It is. Uh, It's so fun. Just like dripping sweat. Yes. Yes, (laughs) I am. But it's it's been a lot of fun. I've already lost some weight, and I'm like, this is great, you know, because I look forward to it and I don't notice. But um, yeah, I also read an article about the FDA approving the first prescription video game for people really? for kids with ADHD. Yeah, oh. yeah, and I'm like, see, I I like that that you know that's out of the box thinking right there. I I don't know what it's gonna do. And of course, the business side of things, but thinking, okay, well, what if your doctor prescribes it, but let's say you don't have the money for a game system? 
like what happens. So I think those will be questions that they have to answer in the future. I feel like the insurance companies are going to be like, you want us to pay for what? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Anyway. So please tell us how you got into writing. Like, how did you start your business? And then I know you have a couple of different revenue streams that we'll be talking about later, too. But how did you get started with writing? You know, I always wanted to be a writer. I just thought that I had that you had to, like, write a novel or, like, I don't know. Like, in my early 20s, I, I thought, oh, I should be a writer. But, like, I didn't really understand what that meant. So I got interested in, like, fitness and health and kind of flailed around for a little bit after college and did a bunch of different things and then decided to go back to school to be a dietitian. And, you know, I did that for many years, uh, you know, for five or six years, I worked in pretty traditional RD jobs. I just kind of like worked in the hospital. I taught at the university for a while. I counseled people who were getting prepared for weight loss surgery. And then in like 2012, I was like, just burnt out. I was over it. Like I thought that working at the hospital was lame. Like there wasn't anywhere to move up. Like Mm -hmm. it was it. Like either you were the director of the dietary department or you were an RD. Like they don't hire RDs to like go into administration. It's like usually nursing. So there was like nowhere to go. And I was just kind of like, I'm going to do this forever. Like this sucks. Yeah. Um, I empathize. Yeah. It's very repetitive. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like order a boost order a chocolate boost, order a strawberry boost. Like it's kind of boring to be honest with you in, in the hospital. And at the time, like there was a lot of personal stuff going on. I was like in this relationship that I needed to get out of and I couldn't. And my mom got diagnosed with breast cancer oh, and she was going to go to Brazil for her treatment because that's where she's from. Oh. And um, so I was like, hmm, I can take FMLA off my job and I can go to Brazil with her, like to care for her with her trip, breast cancer treatment. Yeah. It, it just left and just went to Rio and spent three months helping my mother and doing yoga on the beach and like just trying to figure uh, out my business. <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm glad that you were able to be there for your mom, first of all. Sure. But yoga on the beach does sound nice it in Rio. Nice. I mean, if you have to go through medical treatment somewhere, that sounds like a nice place. You know, visually, it's relaxing, right? It was great. So during that time while I was there, I was, like, trying to explore this writing thing a little bit. And I had met another dietitian, and she told me that she was making full-time money traveling the world, working, writing for demand media. I don't know if you ever wrote for them back in the day. Mm-mm. It was a big, like content mill that was hiring healthcare professionals of various kinds to write for like live strong test. And like, they would just crank out these like really kind of crappy articles. Um, Yeah. I always wondered where live strong got their stuff. If I'm being honest, I always wondered where their stuff Mm -hmm. came from. I was like, I could have done this. Yeah. They were like 300, 400 word articles. Each each section had to be like th- two three sentences like yeah. they were very brief, mm-hmm. and they paid thirty dollars an article, and I applied and I got accepted and I was getting paid to write, and I was like, oh my god! So I would sit there yes. and write ten of those a day. Wow, you know, just crank them out, just crank them out all day, and I eventually had to come back from Brazil and I went back to doing 
dietetics like part-time, but I still kept building this writing thing. Mm -hmm. And so then like, that's kind of an Elance, which is now Upwork came up. And so I got on there and then I got like a few clients. One of my first clients was Dr. Axe when he first got started. No Um, way. One of his very first writers from Elance. And so it just like kind of snowballed through there. It wasn't until my son who is four now was born that I was like, okay, I'm going to do this like full time. Cause I was always still kind of working as a dietitian in various ways and then doing the writing on the side. And over the last four years, it's become a six figure business for me. I have writers who work under me. I teach other dietitians how to be writers. And it was just like a little bit, a little bit at a time, you know, go from a $30 article to a $50 article to a hundred dollar article, you know, build the relationships. And it's been awesome. It's been awesome in some of the same, you know, we're in some of the same groups and I see that like you comment a lot of the same things that I comment. Cause I'm like, yeah, you know, just up, 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 you know, you just edge up. Don't feel bad about what you're charging now, but if you know that you want more then just make that plan to get to more. So who are your ideal clients? I think it's the person who kind of understands what a registered dietitian does and like the value that a registered dietitian provides because there's so much health and nutrition content out there and some of it is fine and some of it is just complete garbage. For me, like and my team, you know, we really do the research. We know what we're talking about. We have the clinical experience also to bring to the writing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my clients are supplement companies who really want to leverage our expertise into making more sales for their supplements. A lot of them are other registered dietitians who are focused on like their private practices. And so they don't want to waste their time like hiring, you know, a student or somebody who's not trained to write their articles because then they're just going to have to rewrite them and like edit them and it's not going to be correct. So other like nutrition professionals or health professionals like that. Mm -hmm. Those are, you know, it really is the people who value what we can bring to the table and and care about it being accurate. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. And I think that a lot of clients, when they're initially looking for writers, they underestimate that piece you mentioned about how people don't want like these registered dietitians, these companies, even though they know the stuff, they don't want to get content from a writer and then have to edit it heavily. I mean, I'm sure you've had some experience with this yourself and I definitely have because I, you know, work with writers too, but getting something that you then have to edit to make it like not light edits either. Like you have to like break it apart, rearrange it. And you're like, what were they even talking about here? That is more like I've, I've gone in, I did one where I got like a paragraph and a half in and I was like, it would be faster if I just wrote this myself. Just never mind. (laughs) I have one client who wants me to kind of do these SEO revisions on articles that already exist. Mm. And sometimes I'm just like, I can't, I, I can't. I'm just going to rewrite the whole thing because nothing yeah. is accurate. Yeah, that that's always tough because sometimes they're like, oh, it'll be so much work. And can we work out like a per article rate? And it's like, I, I can't do, I can't give you a per article rate for the whole batch. But maybe if we do it in batches of five or 10 and you give me five or 10 to take a look at, then I can give you a project rate for those. Because sometimes if they've had multiple contributors, right, then like the first five you do, you're like, okay. This is not so bad. This is cool. And then like the next five you do, you're like, oh my goodness. Right. 
Right. So they're not very good writers, or maybe they've got brilliant people at their company who have English as a second language, maybe. It, it, there are lots of different things that can make it difficult. So before I was a writer, I worked as a translator, so I've actually had a client like that who who had a contributor who was clearly an expert in what they did, but when they were writing, there were patterns in the writing where I could tell this person did not know English as a first language, and then it came out, yeah, they, they were a second language. And it wasn't super bad, but the, the differences, the changes I had to make, they were a bit subtle, but important at the same right. time, you know. So right. there's there's different levels of effort, for sure, yeah. for that editing. Some of, some of them are just factually inaccurate. <laughs> and that's definitely a mistake that you can't have. Again, you have different arms of your business. So I did want to ask, I mean, even as quarantine is beginning to wrap up, I've seen some speculation that we may be experiencing a second wave and people have quarantine fatigue and blah, 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 whatever, all this different stuff. And that's what I mean by blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of different stuff from everywhere. So not that none of it matters, but there's a lot of it. But how has quarantine impacted your business, if at all? It didn't really impact my income, it impacted my personal stress and ability to do my work. Um, (laughs) I actually in March and April had like pretty and even May had like pretty normal income months, like consistent, you know, five figure months like I've like I had had. But my kids came home March 16th. Me too. Yeah. And they were home and they are four and two and they are oh. boys. Okay. And I, I, I can't, I cannot work with them here. Like not even a sentence, not even a word, like maybe an email on my phone. If I put them in front of Paw Patrol for, you know, 20 minutes, but even then they try to wrestle or kill each other or do whatever they're doing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, so, I basically went from being able to work full time because they were full time in daycare to not being able to work at all. So my husband works from home too, but he's on calls all day. Mm -hmm. So it was just me and the kids all day. So I I would work from five to 7am and then I'd try to get an hour in at nap time, Mm -hmm. but the older one doesn't nap. So he would like consistently come in to discuss concerns and, or give you a hug or tell you he loves you. Are they back in daycare? Huh? Are they back in daycare now? Yes. The oh. second this, this, the governor was like, we're going to start thinking about opening the state of Tennessee. I was like calling the school like you guys are going back. <laughs> so it's been about a, a month and a half that they've been back at school. And in our county, there's not a lot of active uh, COVID cases. But, you know, overall, with the the quarantine, I have a course, which I think we're going to talk about a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, to teach RDs how to be writers. And I was trying to push the course during that time because it was like kind of a passive income. And people kept telling me, your course is too expensive. So what I decided to do, because I really wanted to sell that course, is I pulled out three modules out of the course, which were Mm -hmm. the three modules about where to find clients. And I sold that as a mini course for $97. And I made $2,800 from like 20 minutes worth of work. Oh my goodness. Okay. Well, we are talking <laughs> courses in the next episode. So I am super excited to hear about that because yes, I'm like, I need this in my life. Shifted a little bit my business because I needed money. Like I, I just needed to make something and I, yeah. I didn't have the time. I That's couldn't do anything. Easy. 